0: All right. <laughs> All right, guys. So, again, I was supposed to be in Mexico two weeks ago, and I appreciate your prayers this past couple of weeks. Um, I was very, very ill. So going down, uh, I didn't get to go down, but Brian wanted me to talk about um, basically the title we're going over today that you have there is The Enemy is Going in for the Kill. And at their camp, what he really wanted me to, to talk about was just related to my job, things that I have seen where the enemy is always at work. Um, really, a lot of negative things. Obviously, people know in, in, in police work, we see the, the very worst in people. Uh, we were there when people are in their biggest time of need. Um, some people know us as a necessary evil to – Rick, why are you smiling at me? I'm not smiling at you. <laughs> you just, just distracted me. I just being in line for you. Well, don't look at me today. <laughs> <laughs> and when we were, where we were going to be in Mexico down there in Monterey, um, I wasn't going to mention this, but every time I get up here, God always changes a couple things on me. So I'll just say it. There's a city um, near the camp that we were going to be at, 30 minutes away. And I may have mentioned this to some of you guys, where they have the highest suicide rate in Mexico. Um, is actually the largest to date right now in the entire world. And it's for people your age. And I said, well, that's crazy you talked about that or you want me to speak on this because, one, I hate talking about suicide. There's nothing fun about it, but we've had quite a bit in our area. Um, can you guys raise your hand if anyone's been affected by suicide in your, in your area lately? We've had it around here. Everyone's hand should be up or know somebody related to that. So you can see it's, very, it's a very serious thing. We've had it here at Jackson, Perry, Glen Oak, um, all over, and he wanted me to talk about that with all these kids. And I said, well, I don't really feel comfortable doing this. Um, it's something again that's really that picks me apart and I know I'm real macho tough guy when I'm down there and I look like I carry everything well because I have real thick skin but inside this stuff really does bother me and uh, you know I've had to talk to Jamie about things things that I've seen and uh, he wanted me to talk about I don't know if I've ever shared this with you guys my Walmart story anyone remember the Walmart story that I ever shared this I got permission to share this I'm going to do it again um so just bear with me. We're going to go in here. The enemy is going in for a kill. And um, on March twelfth, two thousand and seventeen, I was on I was on patrol, and uh, I was I was getting gas in my cruiser. And I saw a call pop up on my screen at Walmart. And we know how fun things happen at Walmart. So this was not a fun day for me. So I looked at the screen. It said it was a medical call. Then it kept on flashing. It went away. And then it said. Um, uh, you know, assist the, assist the fire department. And something just wasn't adding up on it. For whatever reason, I, I put the gas pump away, got done early, didn't even pay for my gas, just went over. As I was rolling up into the scene there at Walmart, uh, I pull up to a black car and I can see a silhouette of somebody moving. And when I got up to the scene, this car was saturated with blood, sprayed all over the window, all over the windshields. I'm watching a guy actively stab himself over and over and over again and shock mode panic mode kicks in i jump out of the car i take out my baton For my first instincts i smash the window out and i don't know if anyone's ever done that to a, a, a window it's not as easy as it looks it's not in the movies so i'm breaking into this guy's window took a couple hits pull out my taser because the guy's got a knife and i mean he is actively stabbing himself over and over and over again has anyone ever heard the story from me so you're all you all kind of have like this look of terror. Everyone's turning white. There is blood spraying on my uniform, blood spraying on the windows. The smell of the uh, an open wound, like the iron iron smell. Is that the best way to describe it? Like real iron smell. And uh, I end up taking my taser out. I go to tase him again to drop the knife because I can't reach in there as he's actively trying to kill himself. Taser doesn't go off. My taser spark jammed. My partner shows up, luckily within a minute afterwards. uh, We tased this guy. He got tased a total of eight times at five seconds apiece. And the guy was still trying to stab himself. He didn't even drop the knife originally. Mind you, we've already broken this window out. There's glass everywhere, there's blood everywhere. We're not wearing gloves, we're already covered with his blood. Still reacting to the scene of what we have here. I go in to try and see if I can help the guy to get him out. Here, when I went to grab his arm, from here, from his wrist to his armpit, it was filleted open. I saw muscle, bone, whatever else is inside the arm. Things that you're not really supposed to see unless you're in an emergency room or in the the OR. So I quickly, like, can't touch that. (laughs) Kind of stepped back. Again, we're not wearing gloves. I'm still fighting with this guy who's trying to fight to end, end his own life. And, you know, I, I'm very thankful I was able to react and do what it is I needed to do, but I kept on thinking to myself, like, this, this guy is going to die. And uh, I kept on saying that out loud, like, this, this guy's done. His neck is wrenched open, just blood's literally spraying out. Does anyone here hunt? If you ever gut a deer and, uh, and when it's cold you start seeing the smoke, he was doing that. So I'm thinking he's on his last breath because every time he breathed, blood was still squirting. And it kind of reminded me of seeing a, a gutted deer. And uh, I'll, I'll never forget that. Luckily, um, after a, probably a good uh, eight minutes, which felt like an eternity, we were able to... Megan, were you working that day, by the way? Okay. I just, you're nodding around with me. I couldn't remember if you were if you were working. Eight minutes felt like an eternity, and we're finally able to, to get this, this door open. The guy finally got the knife dropped. He's still using his fingers to claw at his neck. It's something you would see out of a uh, walking dead, like literally a live zombie. And we were able to, to get him out and get him on a gurney and take him to the hospital. And I remember riding in the back with them, um that um, the agonal breathing, is that what I call it, agonal? agonal breathing, where it's like your last breath. Has anybody ever heard that with somebody? Anyone? I mean, it's 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 not a pleasant sound. And even talking about right now, I mean, a lot of things don't bother me. And I'm able to handle it, but it just it really was sticking home to me. Here's this 22-year-old kid dying right in front of me. And I got paramedics working on him. And I'm just kind of sitting there, like, what can I do? You know, I got blood on me, blood on my uniform. And, uh, you know, on, on the way down, I, I can just see he's got this, um, a gaping hole in his chest because at some point he stabbed himself. I didn't even know it. So every time he breathed, remember I told you the blood was spraying out? It was coming off his lungs, so his lungs were filling with blood. And by the grace of God, when we got down there after nine surgeries and I think it was 200-plus stitches, he ended up living kind of a, happy ending kind of brought forth now he ended up surviving and uh, I can mention his name now his name was Drew Gall and I'll never forget it he's 22 years old he's 23 now and I remember talking to him afterwards and uh, he just wasn't in the right place and sometimes uh, you know you guys have probably been in a position yourself where maybe life's not worth living that was a time for this young man that it was just really hard for him that his joy was gone and I don't know if he was a believer or not we never really got to that conversation. I kind of wish we would have, but that wasn't, I don't know if I could say that was the place or time. It's kind of hard when you have exigent circumstances happening, but um, that's something I'll never forget, and uh, seeing a guy on, on, again, I thought on his deathbed, a very young person trying to take his own life, it changes you. It changes the way we, we see things and see people, and I could just see that this guy was really having a hard time with his life. So this kind of brought up to this uh, part of this message that Brian wanted me to talk about is that we have an enemy. And uh, anybody here know John 10.10? We can go into that. John 10.10. Anybody know it? It's a pretty easy one, but it's not. It's going to be the first blank here. We have an enemy, and he is the thief cometh not but for to what? Steal and to kill kill and to destroy. destroy. John 10.10. Those are your blanks. Steal, kill, and destroy. The enemy was here to steal this guy. He wanted to kill, and he wanted to destroy. This person in his last, could have been his last moments, wasn't in his mind, was not in his right mindset. And sometimes maybe that could be some of you guys, or you know someone going through that. This guy had no joy, no joy whatsoever. But we have that joy. We have a purpose behind that. Why? Because Jesus came that we might have life, is your blank, And we might have that life more abundantly. Anybody know what abundantly means? It's real simple. Anybody? Greater, plentiful. To have that life. Do you think this guy at that point, during this time, these circumstances where he was supposed to die, felt that way? He was so distraught, the enemy was trying to kill him and destroy his joy, whatever he had. It was not there for him. If you were saved, you guys know this joy. You know this life of abundance that God wants us to have. But what are we doing with it? And when I'm talking to you guys, I'm talking to me. Because this is something that affected me that day very greatly. That it's really hard again right now for me to talk about these things, but it's important for you guys to see this is the real the real world. Okay, you guys might know people going through something like this this young man, this guy Drew. Okay, that he's that someone's going through something so serious that you have something you need to do about it. Okay? Let's go into it a little bit more. What can we do to combat the enemy? Well, we need to share life. What is that life? Can someone tell me? Salvation. Salvation. How many of us have missed window opportunities? How many missed them this morning? How many missed them yesterday? Day before? Day before that? I was at the school on Tuesday, at the high school, which I love working right now. I like being in the high school because I could... Uh, um, Be with people, I think I can have an intelligent conversation, but man, there were so many opportunities I missed with people. And I know we have an in over there with FCA, but hearing some of the things that come out of your guys' mouth, I thought the uh, middle school age was bad. You guys are horrible. Your age group. But I felt like being in there, I'm going to have some connections, I think, over through the rest of the year, so I'm hoping I don't waste it. So we have an opportunity and obligation to share life, and that is salvation. Jesus came to bring life into this world of darkness, you guys. He has chosen us as believers, you and I, to share that. How dare us hold on to what we know? And I know Stephen has said this. I'm sure Rick has said this. We've all said that. Why should we hold on to the truth when it is our job to go out? Why are we so scared to do that? I want you to think about this because we're going to come back to that. All right? We need to be a watchman. Can someone go to Ezekiel? Ezekiel 3, 16 through 19. Anybody want to read that? Haley, go ahead. Whenever you're there, (laughs) you know what's up. Thank you. What's a watchman? What's their job? A what? Who said it? A guard to watch over? A policeman? Not a fireman. They're second on scene. I don't know why they're called first responders and they're never there first. So it's, it makes no sense to me. So a watchman is someone who watches over. Rick, you thought that was good. <laughs> <laughs> what? What is this? It's
1: a placeholder.
0: Okay. It. It's... You know how... Anytime you guys ever get to teach or preach on the road, you're going to find one person who just distracts you and today. It's Rick, who's just, he's just right there. I look up and he's smiling. He's got this pen cap in his mouth. you got to work through it, bro. I'm trying. Work it's it. okay. I feel better looking down the barrel of a gun than I do at you right now. It's easier. <laughs> watchman is somebody who looks over to watch out for others. A watchman, like I just said, we're supposed to look out for others. If you don't share life with others or salvation, like Kent said, their blood is on your hands. How many of us think about it li- like that when we miss an opportunity? I, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I just don't care. I remember I've told, I've told Stephen, we just had lunch last week. Um, I think it was last week we, we talked about this. There's sometimes people I just don't care and, I, and I've openly said, I'm glad there's a place there's, there's, there's a place called hell for people like that. That's wrong attitude. That is very, very wrong. I am guilty of thinking that way. I'm guilty of saying that, but I get so fed up with people that I am just mm, can't be thinking like that. That's not what we should be doing, okay? I genuinely do love everybody, and I don't want anybody to go to hell, but my flesh kicks in. And we need to share life with that, because if not, when they're dead, thinking about that, that someone's life, that their eternity, when you had that opportunity and missed out on it, that's on you. Can you imagine? We talked about pastor's responsibility, that he oversees us. I, I don't want to have the burden that you have to carry for everybody here, when when you're standing before God. I mean, I can't imagine having the responsibility of a pastor that he's responsible for all that. He's accountable for all that. I mean, that's crazy to think about. That scares me to think about. Again, I'd rather be in a gunfight than have to deal with that on my shoulders. That's a lot. You guys think about it that way? Eternal perspective on that? If you don't share life with others, their blood is on their hands. You never know when that opportunity is your last. This, I did not know this guy at all he probably didn't think it was going to be his last who knows but for whatever reason God kept him away God kept him alive through all this through the misery through the torture I mean can you, can you think about who here has got a paper cut how bad that hurts it hurts and guys let's admit it when we get it we really embellish a lot more than girls do I, I'll admit it you know when I was really when I was sick this past week I was oh my gosh I'm dying you know Jamie if she had it she'd walk around all manly all tough no when I when I got the flu I'm I'm curled up in the fetal position, sucking my thumb. It's true. I'll admit it. When we get a paper cup, it's, ow, really hurt. It hurts. When, when girls get it, it's like, suck it up, move on. You women are strong. I'll give it to you. You have babies, so we can't handle that. <laughs> off topic? Off topic? A little bit. Let's get back in. Let's bring it back in. We need to see life more abundantly see life more abundantly. <clears throat> Anybody want to read Luke fifteen seventeen? Anybody but Kent? Go ahead, Morgan. Thank you for volunteering. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to spare? And I have oh, Thank you. Your heavenly father has an abundant life waiting for you, just as the father did for the prodigal son. God has a plan for all of us. If you're a believer, he is using you. He wants to use us as his soldiers for Christ. God's word offers us incredible life if we consume it. What life is he talking about? What's to come? Heaven, eternally, eternity. If we're thinking on those things for life eternal, how does that not put us in a position right now to want to share that with others? I mean, there's times where I, sit, I have sat back and thought, Man, I can't wait till this day happens. I can't wait. I know what's coming. I know what's coming. This is going to be fantastic. Man, this life here sucks today. But what's to come is even better, but I don't share it. We all do that. We're so guilty of doing those things. We hold it in. Why do you guys do that? Why? why? So God offers us an incredible life. If we consume it, if we take that in. God's word is the ammunition that keeps us ready to do battle against the enemy. What kind of ammunition did God use? What's he talking about? Word, but think of a weapon. I mean, I don't think he's using two, two, three rounds or five, five, six. That kind of wasn't, didn't have him play. What, what was his weapon of choice? The sword, samurai sword. You got to use two hands for one of those. The sword. God's word is ammunition, the sword that keeps us ready to do battle against the enemy. When that's happening in your life, when you, when we're battling that. What's the enemy still trying to do? He's trying to destroy, to kill, to steal, taking your joy. He wants us to fall. He wants us to, to, to fail at this. If you're not, I know Stephen said this many times, if you guys are not being tested, if you guys aren't weathering the storm, then, then you're not trying. If things are going just smooth, you're, you're not doing anything right. If things are just are not bad, is that the right way to say? I'm sorry. I, I think I mixed that up. You guys know what I'm saying. I'm not, I don't let it flow like Stephen does. <laughs> if you aren't being tried or tested through anything in your life, how, how are you guys growing? And if things aren't going bad, I think that's what I'm trying to say. Tribulation. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. I just lost my spot. Where was I at? See, the enemy wants to kill us. Can somebody read 1 Peter 5.8? Anybody can't? Go ahead, Hannah. Can you say that one more time? I, saw, I couldn't hear you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walks about seeking whom he may devour. Right. If we were to be a guard, a watchman, can we do so for not sober? Anyone ever here deal with somebody who's not sober? Every weekend! Every I, week. Every week, yeah. I, I wish I could videotape or have you guys out for a field trip. To show you what it is I do every weekend. Megan's like, <laughs> she She hears what I have to put up with over there. Well, actually, I, almost every day. Every day? Almost. Oh, my goodness. I'm sorry to hear that. I wish you guys, if you guys have never dealt with somebody who's not sober, they're not able to be taught. They can't comprehend. They're a pain. Sometimes they have to learn the hard way. And in my case, jail. Or a head first into the ground. Whatever happens first. It happens. You cannot be vigilant if you're not sober. You cannot be a watchman if you are not sober. So we need to be vigilant, meaning on the watch, on guard, aware. Aware of your surroundings. You need to be aware of surroundings. You need to be aware when the devil is trying to attack you. You need to be aware of these things. You need to be aware. You need to be on guard. You need to have a 360 camera going around yourself. The devil is out to kill. Do you guys actually know the definition of kill? To deprive of life. End it. If you're not alive, you're dead. That's what he's trying to do. I don't think it gets much worse than that. I really don't. I mean, if somebody's trying to kill you, what are you guys going to do? Just sit there and take it? You're going to fight back. How many people here can actually say, no, I'm not, I'm not able to, uh, to kill someone? There's so many people I know that I could never kill anyone. Bullcrap. We all have that instinct. You all have to. And spiritually, you need to be able, especially if you become moms. I know Megan's shaking her head. When you become a mom, uh, you see um, an inner beast, a mama bear, a black Sheba. I mean, something comes out when you become a mom that I've seen where you scare me. And um, I've had to use the cow prodder to keep Jamie at bay. What was it, 36 weeks when you started getting psychotic? Yeah, somewhere around there. I mean, it changes. You have to watch out. You're all capable of doing that. So when you say, I, I could never do that. Yes, you could. Sophia, I know you could. <laughs> Same thing spiritually. We need to be able to fight back. Because the devil's trying to kill you. We need to be able to fight back against that. With our, we, we have the word here to do that. That's our sword. Okay. So what are you guys going to do about it? What are you guys going to do when you're facing opposition, or maybe you're dealing with somebody who went through what Drew went through, going through life like that? Maybe some of you guys have felt that way. You guys.
1: Oh, I didn't know. I was just going to share this week. You're talking about killing. Killing. What was weird is for my job, what I do. I basically I'm an information bypass. Information comes to me, (coughs) put in the system, and kind of moves on, but what I have to be informed of is the circumstances as to why I'm doing what I'm doing. One of the kids that got released from a you know, long-term attention center, I was not familiar with other than the fact that he had up locked up for nearly two years. It turns out, he killed somebody. Well, so I do my thing, you know, whatever I do, A week later, his name comes back up on my radar. And it was kind of weird because he had to come in for testing. And he ended up coming into our building to our floor. And he was 20 feet away from where I was working at. And never in my life have I ever been around somebody knowingly has taken the life of somebody else. And not only that, he took the guy's life out of ignorance. Mm Mm-hmm it was out of complete and total misunderstanding, a man he didn't even know he thought was talking about him in a situation, you know how it is done, yeah. things were misunderstood, you yeah. know, killing
0: yeah,
1: so it was kind of weird to be in the same area, Not, I mean, anybody else you wouldn't know it, but I knew, he didn't know that I knew,
0: right, but right. that's
1: just kind of weird when you're in the presence of somebody you knew that that person took another
0: person's life it's yeah. a good point how would you guys feel standing around sent by somebody who's homicidal or who just committed murder would you feel awkward feel different hey i That's heard weird. you i heard you just killed someone it's a different feeling yes
1: heightened, you're more aware, you're more like on guard and um truly like, waiting for them to do something so you can fight back. You're just like kind of waiting. And um, and I remember sitting there putting his idea in because he needed medical care and you know I still have to treat him like a patient. I still have to give him dignity and respect knowing the things that he's done. But like my senses were heightened and I think what we don't necessarily think about is applying that to spiritual warfare and being aware like our enemy is always around us, but we're mm-hmm. not always aware of him wanting to kill us and kill the people around us. Like, we're not hiding like we should
0: be. Right, because we don't see we're on it. on guard, and we're not, yeah. and that's, that's what he gets us. That's a great point, and it's really easy now, and our guard can be down very easily spiritually side of that. And, and, and it's weird because we're seeing a lot more of that now. There's always been um, uh, juveniles or, or kids who have killed, but it seems like more and more it's prevalent today. Uh, you see it left and right. I mean, the middle school just experienced this in February where a young man, a 7th grader, was going to come in and we would have had another Sandy Hook on our hands. I mean, he had every intention to kill. He was loaded up, ready to go. And thank God it didn't go that way. It's sad that one had to go, but I'd rather be one than 50 or more. I mean, just think about all those that were spared, that God had a hedge of protection over all that. It's it's horrible. And, and like you said, I, I've been around, when we had the... Uh, you guys remember the restaurant Ang's up here when they had the the young girl who was killed? I'm driving around with mom and dad <laughs> back in my car. Here the whole time they're the suspects. So I'm sitting here with two two murderers. Awkward. Yeah. I want once I found out afterwards, I would have knocked his teeth down his throat for hurting that poor little girl. I remember telling telling Jamie Ohio. Livid. I was ticked when we found out it was them afterwards. Because we had no clue at the time of it. And uh here I'm driving around two homicidal maniacs behind me the whole time. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So again, like Jamie just said, we do, we take that for granted sometimes. Spiritually, our guard's not always up. We need to walk around with our guard up. I'm not saying you got to walk around everywhere you go like this. Sorry if I just hit you. Ready to fight? It was like an old Irish boxer, wasn't it? Was it? I don't know, I don't know what that was. Can't, I'm sorry. Did I did I did I offend you or assault you? Get over it. Get over it. I don't care. But, but think about I mean, that, that's a great point. I mean, it's real easy to lose our guard, but it's, it's heightened. Our senses are heightened when something has happened. When I'm working the, the bars in the weekend, we have fights all the time, all the time. I'm not just sitting in there looking around. I'm vigilant. I'm being aware of my surroundings. I'm being ready to react. Sometimes I have to be proactive instead of reactive. But you know what? If the crap hits the fan, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to do it. And we need to do that same thing spiritually because spirit, spiritual warfare is greater than anything we, we've ever actually gone through physically. So the spiritual warfare where the devil's trying to attack you because he, he's already been defeated, all right? But for us to overcome that, he's powerful. I mean, he's roaming this earth like a lion. What? Seeking food, made it. I wanted them to say it. But okay, thank you, wife. I appreciate that. Lion's the greatest animal on the planet. He's the king of the jungle. He wants to roar, you want roar. He wants to devour you. Roar. Meow. That's what he wants to do. I can't think of anything greater than that. So the enemy, the devil's out there trying to kill. He doesn't want to just wound us. Wound us. God needs us as soldiers. He gave us that understanding in his desire for us to give life and to give that more abundantly. What are you guys going to do about that when you leave here? I know when you we, I've, I've sat in here, I've gotten fired up on a message. I'm like, yeah, that's great. I even told Stephen, man, that was a real good point. That really that lit a fire in my butt. And the next day, because it's easy to get, get back into the routine. Not that your message is your messages always great. <laughs> it, it, it's on me. But, it, but that's true. You guys all do the same thing. I know you do. Don't lie. You all do. What are you guys going to do about it? You have a month left in school. And for those who go to Jackson, I'm going to see you every Tuesday and maybe a Thursday this month. So I'm going to hold you guys accountable. Okay? But it's true. I want you guys to think about that. What are you going to do about it? You guys have the answers. You have the key. You guys are at the battlefront. You guys are first responders there when your friends or classmates are going through something. We need to be vigilant. We need to be... Uh tentative to what's going on. Know your surroundings. Okay? i got nothing else. Well, it's kind of just to say on that, what
1: the girls and I were talking about yesterday, you don't get this chance again. <coughs> like you saying, the seniors only have maybe a month, some have way less than a month. That's it. You won't see the
0: people ever again. You so don't. Stephen, Stephen's greatest thing and biggest curse was witnessing to me. Yeah. It is. Stephen's greatest curse is getting to witness to me because now he's stuck with me. He, he may have never saw me again. Yeah. He was very
1: vigilant. He was very determined. That's what I'm told how he was in high
0: school. Yeah. He's a very determined person
1: reaching out to his friends. Yep. And there are people now today because of Stephen being determined, it's
0: possible. It's true. You guys have no idea how powerful you are, what God can use you as, okay? I mean, if if you look through history, he used common people. I shouldn't even be up here right now. I'm not good at this part, but we're all able to do it. I wasn't supposed to go to Mexico. I mean, I was was supposed to, and I wasn't able to. for whatever reason, God has bigger plans. I have to accept that. Yeah, I was mad to spend 600 bucks on a passport (laughs) to expedite and not go, but you know what? Learn your lesson, never let your passport expire. Because you never know when a missionary is going to call you. It's true. So if you have one, keep it renewed. But but you never know what you guys are capable of until you actually surrender to God and let him him lead you. You guys are very powerful. Use it. Use it for what you know. You want to add anything more?